Hey, fat fish heads. It's time for another edition of the hottest new podcast on all platforms. Fat fish. Sit back and strap yourself in for the wildest ride on the open seas. Now, clap your fins for the fabulous Fat Fish Brothers, Eric Fish Snyder and Brad Grunny Grunberg, a.k.a. Snacks. I get the fireworks, huh? I love that. Yeah, well, you know what? Your birthday's coming up. Yeah. Uh, Actually, it's today. It's your birthday. We're celebrating Brad's birthday today, November 6th, and... Yeah. Um, no one deserves a happier birthday because you should get such accolades for the kind of person you are. Uh, before I ask you about this great lift guest that you had, how old are you? I am 38 again. Uh, one uh, that's one of your legs, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just a number. Do I look, uh, how, how old do I look? And I'll tell you. You look, you know what? You look late forties, early fifties. You look good. You, you know, you don't look as good as me, but you look good. <laughs> no one looks as good as you. Yeah, I'm, I'm around there somewhere. And uh, you know, I like to date the young ladies, but I can't find any that like me. But that's okay. Um, you're in Vegas, man. You're gonna be. You're gonna be. You know, you're you're a Vegas guy right now. And and uh, later on today, Brad will be in Vegas. He's leaving that domicile, and we'll we'll, we'll hook up later and give you some shots for our next show but uh brad you you sent uh, you got to lead me into this next thing about your lift i always ask you how is lifting yeah well thank you um okay so i get all kinds of characters i've been i've been i've been a lift driver i looked at my record for nine years off and on that's a long time and uh i try to make it enjoyable for the rider if they want to talk oh i'll talk because the ride goes by faster but if they don't, I don't say anything. But in this case, I got a, I got the, I got the call to pick this lady up at the Jewish Community Center on Fairfax. So I pull in, and the guy, the supervisor, he comes to my car and he says, "All right, we're gonna load her in. She's gonna be a hundred and six years old on November first." And I say. Holy poo-poo. I go, holy poo-poo. And we just hit it off in the car. She was with her caregiver. Her name is Risa. And uh, she was with her caregiver, Gloria. Oh, there's the picture, her and I. And uh, yeah, on her birthday, which was uh, November 1, I brought her cookies. Because I remember where I dropped her off. It was very nearby the, uh, uh, near to the uh, community center. So I went there first thinking she was having a big party and it was the day before. So I went to her and I surprised her and she was just so happy. And I was happy because I made her happy. And uh, she's a sweet lady. She's from Vienna, Austria, which where my dad's from. So she spoke German to my dad. We did a couple of videos and I'm telling you, she is the salt of the earth. What a wonderful woman. I mean, it was, it was, it was, you know, I do things for people. I don't say what I do. I get more joy out of the people that I help than, you know, I, I get more joy out of the people I help than the people I'm helping. You know, I mean, that's the great thing about doing things, you know, unconditionally, you know, that no one knows quietly, humbly. And uh, it was a great experience. So Risa and I are going to hit the town in Hollywood. We're going to go to a couple of discos and, uh, Grab a couple of tacos on the street <laughs> with if, her walker. If you think about the the lineage of her life, and first of all, I'll ask you this after I make a statement because it's so it, it's just the fact that you could do that. Did she at least offer you one of the cookies? Because you're the kind of guy who brings food, and then you want it back. Did she offer you something? Don't worry, I bought a box for myself. Yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs> what a stupid boy! What an idiot I am. I should have known that. But I did the math. She's born in like nineteen. 19- 17 a year before world war one follow me she's already a, a a mature lady when world war ii hit so she's fully aware of what's gone on the things she's seen with the civil rights movement and again world war ii and it, everything she's lived through 
And there's co obviously her cognitive skills are good, right? Oh, oh yeah. She just can't hear that well. I don't think she had her hearing aids in, but she, oh no, she's sharp. She was singing in the back of my car when, uh, when I first met her, when I was driving her home, these wonderful songs. She used to play the piano. I mean, her memory is on point. And, Did you uh, ask her anything about the past? Because we, I live in the past, and it's like I just said. I mean, yeah. she, she's basically she's born in 1917 when the stock market, the, the depression started. She's 12 years old when the Great Depression started, and that that ruined a lot of people. She's lived through so much of American history, and it, yeah. it, it's incredible. She lived through all the big wars, and and she made it. And to be a hundred and six. Do you have the video I sent you? I, I don't. It, it would not transfer over. I wouldn't transfer you know, over. So. Um, we'll get that. We'll we'll get that transfer over. My yeah, great we'll son those, Max. We'll, we'll do that for us. And we, you know, we. I I'm planning on doing a few more shows with you in the future. So, and I just love. I'm going to show the picture again. Look at the face. Look at the look on her face when you give her the cookies. You know, in a world so fucked up right now and so downward, you do that for that woman. And you know, um, I, I hey, on your birthday, buddy. Happy birthday. You did a you did a great thing. And um, I, yeah. What what kind of cookies were there, by the way? <laughs> I'm sorry, say again. What kind of cookies were they? Uh, uh, cookie Good in Santa Monica is the best cookie place in all the land. And uh, they have all sorts of cookies and then they change them up for seasonal stuff. And uh, just great. Just absolutely fantastic. And uh, just really, really cool. And I, I, I just well, had a great time. I hope to say. By the way, you have to understand something about being a Lyft driver. You get people, why did I get her? Why didn't somebody else get her? And that's the great part about it. The universe wanted me to touch her life as she touched my life. Yeah, and that's, that's, you know, that's the thing. People ask me, why do I bartend? And I said, for 43 years, I, I meet new people every day and have new conversations and hopefully make friends. That makes it all worthwhile. We, it's your birthday today on November 6th. Same as my brother. Happy birthday, Johnny yeah, boy. Your brother um, and me. Maybe I can yeah. go out with your brother tonight and get rid of you and I can, you know, party with your brother. He's it more would be the movie Dream Team. He's not, he doesn't watch a podcast. Remember when, remember the yeah. movie Dream Team with Michael Keaton and Christopher yeah. Lloyd? Yeah, a bunch of mental patients going out to a Yankee game. Yeah. And they yeah. get, and, and they get lost in the city. Phenomenal movie, 1989. That being said, precursor to your birthday we had a wonderful sports weekend and i have to give kudos and homage to the great texas rangers who won the world series oh. four games to one against the diamondbacks but they did something that you and i have never seen in baseball history obviously they won 11 games bradley on the road the I'm entire good. playoffs and world series they won every road game that's in, that's insane it never happens and good that has never happened has that ever happened in Major League Baseball history? No, that is not. And Corey Seager, ex-Dodger, tied Reggie Jackson's record for the most hits and great batting average in RBIs in, in playoff history. So, And Bruce Bochy is a good guy. It was hard to root for him when he was a manager of the Padres and the Giants back in the day. He's been a Dodger fan, but he's taken three teams to the World Series. Uh, that That's a great sports story. And here's another one in my book. This is, you know... I'm not a big fan of the Raiders past regime. And and between the last time we did a podcast, we we just had, we just hired this guy with our linebacker coach, the Raiders did, Antonio Pierce, who takes over for the uh, much forgotten Josh McDaniels. And I like what he said. I like the quote. I'm a former player. I touch former players. They're going to feel me and I'm going to feel them. And you, you know it because you're really, you're, you're one of your dear friends is Steve Kerr. And he's all, I, I, I referenced him because he said, I played the game. I know what these guys go through. Right. And I'm saying, I'm not saying every, we could talk about this. Not every ex-player makes a great manager, but it helps. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Because the trials and tribulations of being a, a sports star on that level, you know, you have the hangers on, you have your family, you have travel, you have uh, slumps. You have, uh, you know, fans booing you. You have a lot of bullshit. And Steve Kerr did it, I mean, seamlessly. I mean, he was, you know, come on. He, worked, he, he was on the same court as Michael Jordan, okay? And Michael Jordan only expects top shelf. He doesn't expect anything less from you. And uh, Steve, you know, 
he he passes that on to his players. And that's why I love Golden State so much because they play as a team. They have superstars, fish, superstars, Hall of Famers, and they all they all get the ball, they all distribute the ball. And then you see this guy like you see uh you see Harden who just signed with the Clippers. What a buffoon. This guy goes from team to team. How do you really he, feel? <laughs> not, he goes, he said the other quote, I'm not. I'm not part of the system. I am the system. Is that cocky? Is that arrogant? What a narcissist. Buddy, you're a great player, but I don't think you're going to win. They have to, Okay, so they got they got Westbrook. They got Kawhi. They got George, and they got Harding. Those are four, could possibly be Hall of Famers, four all-stars. Can they play together? Steve Kerr, look what Steve Kerr did. I mean, maybe Steve Kirk could coach him, not, you know, Tyron Lue. I don't know. What What is your feeling on, on the Clippers? Are they going to get I, I, I'm, you know, I'm a Laker fan growing up in yeah. L.A., and I like how they started the season. But I'm big on the Warriors because I happen to think, and we're old enough to see some of the great pure. I think Steph Curry is the greatest pure shooter I've ever seen. Yeah. And I'm that's a big statement to make when you when we you and I have witnessed the Michael Jordans, who, yeah. you know, Mr. Clutch. He's a Mr. Clutch, Jerry West. Um, Magic Johnson wasn't such a great shooter, but he was a great player. Kobe was a great shooter. Steph Curry, to me, is so pleasurable to watch. And then you add in the Draymond Greens and the Klay Thompsons, and they seem to have a threesome there that is tantamount to build around. And when you put – it's no coincidence when they put Kevin Durant in that team, they were unbeatable. And the NBA has that right now. I mean, Dame Lillard – we talked about this in the last podcast. Dame Lillard going to Milwaukee with Giannis, and you got – Porzingis in Boston with Tatum and Jimmy Butler in Miami's built. We're starting to see in the NBA what we did when we were kids that you're having, there's probably in each conference five or six teams that can go to the championship. And that makes any league good. Don't you agree? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yes. Players are moving around more than they ever have. And, right. uh, and I'll just tell you, you know, um, it's, uh, it's amazing because Stefan Curry Steph is one of the most humble guys. One of my good buddies, Bruce Frazier, is an assistant coach on the team. He played with Steve Kerr at the University of Arizona. So Steve, of course, hires his buddy. And he is his personal coach. You know, in the offseason, he goes, they, they hit the gym together. They, they, they hit the weights together. He makes sure that he is in the best shape of his life as the, as the new season approaches. And I'm telling you, I ask him, what kind of guy is Steph? He goes, absolutely incredible. Just a family man, a religious guy, but humble, funny. He's the guy you want in your circle. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to get you out of mine. And uh, I'd like to replace you with Steph Curry. But, no, it's it, I, I know exactly what you're Happy talking about. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah, man. I, you good looking. You know no, I'm so I'm proud I'm of you, man. No, first. getting back to what you said, I want to ask you a question. You're going to have to come clean on this because it's what you know the team, and I like to hear stories about what are guys like when they're around other people. Are they arrogant around their fans? I hear Steph Curry will talk to anybody. Draymond Green will talk to anybody, and that make and that's sort of an indicament. Of their coach, that's the, they 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 personify the personality of Steve Kerr. Uh, on a recent podcast that Brad and I did, Brad went to this is last season. Brad goes to a Clipper game, courtesy of Steve Kerr, and after the clip, the the Warriors lose a real tough game that was tantamount to their playoff seating. Kerr goes out there and does a big goof kind of type of thing with you know a nice little scene for our show with Brad. Not a lot of coaches would do that. So it just goes to show you how subtle his approach is. So are the guys on the Warriors, because you know some of them, are are they um, are they like they seem and what you hear? Or are they elitist? Well, no, I I think it, it's a reflection of the coach. I, I, I don't think – basically, Steve Kerr says, here here's how it's going to go, guys. You're going to be humble. You're going to play as a team. I don't want any fucking drama. Like there was a lot of drama with the with the with the Draymond, uh, you know, when, when Draymond, you know, knocked out uh, Justin Poole. Remember, yeah, he knocked him out. That stays in the locker room. 
right? No one should know that that shit happens. And stuff happens in practice. Look, Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr in the eye. They were in a, an intense practice in Chicago. And uh, Michael Jordan and Kerr was guarding him. Phil Jackson said, guard Kerr, uh, guard, guard Jordan. So he's guarding him and he's, you know, Jordan's pushing him and he's pushing him back. And then all of a sudden, Steve Kerr let him have it, you know, a push right to the chest. And then all of a sudden, you know, Michael J, he just punches him right in the eye and he goes down. And then uh, Phil Jackson threw him out of practice and he apologized to Steve. But stuff happens. You know, these guys are high priced athletes. But um, me and Steve, let's say we, we, we that was the first time I've seen him in a couple of years because we've just been texting. You know, he's all over the world. He's doing, you know, he's going to do the Olympics and all that stuff. But he he's the same guy that we walked in the final uh, University of Arizona drama 140. And he looked at me and he said, Grunny, I'm going to fail this final. Lute Olson is going to suspend me. It's going to be one of the most embarrassing things in my life. Remember? We, yeah. Most embarrassing things in my life. I said, I got you. He goes, what are you talking about? I go, I got you. Just sit there and wait for me, baby. So I don't know. Remember in college at the University of Texas? Same thing happened at the University of Arizona. The smart guy right here, right there. And then there's a pyramid right in back of him. So everybody cheats off that one guy who's getting an A. and doesn't even really have to take the final. So I'm in that pyramid and... Um, I knew that I had to write it on something. So if like one of the proctors found it, it would be like, you know, not, I'm not putting it on my business card, you know? So I, I used to get these cards from Swan Cleaners, my uh, dry cleaners. And I used to write all the answers on the back of that. So about 10 minutes left in the final, I look behind me and Steve Kerr's looking at me, big eyes, flop sweat coming down him. He's like, what's going on? Come on, go relax. So I get up and I'm walking up the ramp, you know, one of those big, uh, you know, lecture halls and i took a chris farley plummet i just tripped myself down i went made this big boom and all the proctors look at me and everybody like like stops and looks at me and then i slip the card under steve's chair and i get up and i wipe myself off i'm like oh man that was oh that hurt oh boy i go watch this step everybody it's a lulu and i look at steve kern i go have a nice day baby nice and he passed the test. He passed the final. Nice subterfuge. Yep. Nice. So I, I really want to, I want to do a motivational speech, like before one of the games. I want to tell that story. Never give up. Never give up. Granny will come through. Ten minutes left in the final. And I gave him all the answers. And he passed. It was great. It was great. He smart. Was great. No, no, smart. Solidified our friendship forever. And that's also improv. You know, it's improv. Oh. I, I, I'm I, going to go with a um, couple emails. I got an email from Adam Burblish. Burblish, hope I pronounced your name right, from Ames, Iowa, that said, um, tell Grunny I like all of his work. I liked him. I guess you were in a show, was it, he said, I, I, he said, I can't read this guy's writing. Were you in a show at the fat toilet seat on, and you did uh, it? Yeah. Two broke yeah. girls. and uh, was it broke, broke girls or something? Two broke yeah, girls? Two broke girls, yeah, very he popular. Loved that. Ask Grunny this for me. Mm -hmm. Ask him if he can, because you're loose cannons. If he's ever been around actors that were real real mean to the public because I was out trying to get an autograph from an actor. I won't mention his name, but he might've been in Goodwill hunting and he pushed me aside. Oh my <laughs> so he wouldn't mention the name. So I can't, I can't. Yeah. yeah. Could be anybody. All yeah, right. It could be um, anybody. Have you, can you say, I mean, have you ever been around? I mean, most of the people you deal with, um, have yeah. you been around an actor that you had to put it, pull aside and say, Hey man, you know, this is the public that watches us and we, here, here, we're here to entertain them. Don't be a dick. Well, basically what I say to these guys, I say, don't you realize something? These people who love you sign your paycheck. That's really what it comes down to. If they don't like you and they don't watch you, you're done. You're done. Your show will get canceled because it doesn't get, it's all about the ratings. It's all about the money. It's all about the sponsors. It's all about commercials. And buddy, if you're an asshole, you know, some assholes get away with it. And it makes them, you know, bigger than life. And then there's others that people don't, in show business, I know, because I remember being in movies and they'd say, listen, these are the rules. You, you, you cross the line, you're gone. You're, you're going to get, you'll be on a plane back home. They don't take any shit anymore because, you know, all these prima donnas, all these guys that have to have this and that, 
I'll tell this one story, which just it was so fucking disgusting. I was on a, um, a movie called uh, Porn. Let's see. It was with Nick, Nick, uh, Nick Swartzen. It was a Sandler film, Born to be a Star. It was about a, a, a retarded uh, kid who could shoot far as a porno star. Okay. That was his claim to fame. When he, you know, when the money shot came, he could shoot across the room. Okay. So this is a movie. Believe it or not, it was in the it was a movie. Well, Don Johnson was in it. Okay. So, so was I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were the fluffer. I was a standing uh, guy for the guy who could shoot far. Go ahead. <laughs> you took it right between the eyes. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> Very good. That's why you were. That's why you were those Coke bottles, man. Because it's always coming from every angle. Oh God. So, um, so Don Johnson standing right in front of craft service. I might have told this story before, but he's, and I'm standing next to him listening to his story, and you know all the food, all the drinks, all the tea, all the coffee. Everything is seriously two, two, maybe two feet from him. And he calls over a PA and he goes, can you get me a tea? And I look at him like, Don, this is not Miami Vice, buddy. You're not wear wearing the willy wear, okay? Buddy, get your own fucking tea. I, I couldn't believe it. You just had to turn around and get, get the tea bag and put, put the hot water in it and he had the tea. He made the PA do it. And I just thought that was like, you're an asshole, you know? He was kind of an asshole on it, but I still like him. But no, I still that's that's that. basically what Adam. You should answer the question. Is Adam Burgess want to know? Has Brad been around any actors no, that yeah. were mean and stuff like that? I said, and I wrote him back. I said, uh, you know, for Fish Grunny, that I don't know if Brad can name names. I know he's named names of, of people that were shitheads to him at the yeah. Fox commissary, Kevin Klein, and, <laughs> and stuff like that. But I don't Harry know if any actors that he was, you know, that 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 have been mean on the set, but. It happens, and I just, you know, I, I, I look at it this way. If you're that privileged to be an actor or an athlete, and, you, you're, in the, and you're making money in the top 1% of the planet, just be humble. Don't be, you know, be humble. Be humble anyways in life, but just be humble because there's so many that don't have it. And, um, oh, yeah. you know, it's why I, when I watch, I, I'm a diehard Raider fan. When I was my son's age, I would take, the, I would want to kill someone when they lost. But now I look at it this way at my golden age of 63. And you probably do the same thing too. It's entertainment. I love the sport. I love to watch. You know, I've always wanted to be a football player. I'm a good athlete. I didn't have the body for it. Make a long story short. But I, I enjoy it. I don't enjoy it when they lose. But I, I look at it philosophically like this. And I want to ask you to do the same thing. There's so much shit going on in the world right now. You think, you know, a, a great line. You ever seen a movie Bronx Tale with, with yeah, Chad Palmentary? He, he looks at a young Cologelo and he goes, what are you worried about Mickey Mantle? You think he gives a shit about you? He makes $100,000. You're not paying your bills. That's that's the way I look at when they lose or something like that. I look at like just other problems in the world. Just enjoy a performance by Brad or something, a sporting event, and look at the entertainment value. I know it's hard for people. And it was, by the way, I'm having a really good hair day, don't you think? It really looks like a real bad hair piece, but it looks fantastic on you. How's my hair look? I'm losing it, but it, I, I kind of put it like together. a really good hair piece. <laughs> yeah, that is a really, yeah, that's right. Look at that. You are, you're a well-groomed man. You know, I got to let the audience in on some because there's, there's, you know, there's, we're loose cannons and there's, there, there's no filters. Brad go, Brad's great. Brad goes to barbershops with his dad, the old fashioned barbershop you see in the Westerns. They put the, the thing with the shaving cream and they're, and they're using a razor and the hot towel. That's a lost art. Where do you where do you go with your dad? Is that somewhere in the uh, west side? Uh, yeah, um, Pedro Molina. He owns this uh, unbelievable shop in Beverly Hills. We go. It's called Deuces. I mean, they do it all there. I mean, manicures, pedicures. They do. Uh, they do. You know, the shave. They do the haircut. They do the fades. They do it all. I mean, these guys are the best. He got, he surrounded himself with the best in the business. You know, and I go there. Matter of fact. I'm gonna get a shave and then go to the airport and come see you, buddy. So uh, I gotta look good. You know, know we, we gotta get we gotta get done with this podcast so you can okay. get here. Um, and yeah, the, you, you, the, you gotta, I gotta look fresh. I gotta look fresh for you. 
Yeah. I, you know, the uh, we got a lot of shit going on. The, the script's a shit show right now with the F1. We have a big Formula One race, and it's impossible to get around oh. the strip. And we'll talk. It's a bad thing. All we, do, all we do is talk about strikes. The culinary union, have you ever talked about leverage and a strike? The culinary union is thinking about striking on the 10th, which means, which is good because you'll be here and gone. If yeah. they strike before this thing happens, and there's a possibility, can you imagine all the people, the 500,000 people that come to this town? Wow. And there's no room service. There's no bartenders. Uh, there's no, I mean, the, the casinos are going to be, it, it's going to be, again, a shit show of uncompromising, unproportioned um, well, circumstances. Not, and when you, say, yeah, when you say about leverage, they're striking at exactly the right time. They, yeah, they are. If they do it, I hope they come to a deal. Um, embarrassing moments. My wife said to me, "Ask Brad. You, you're really you have a great story. I tell that I'll tell again." But I said to Brad when we, we Brad gets on and we talk, "How you doing? Have a great flight out here. I'll see you soon." What's the most embarrassing moment in your life? If you want me to go first, because you you know you probably don't yeah, have many as I do. Yeah, you go first. Being a bartender. Yeah, you know, you, what do you do? You go, you go, you go to fast food joints and you, and you hang out with your dad and get shaves, and then you you go to you go to strip clubs and jerk off. I mean, me, I'm with the public all the time. Give me an embarrassing moment, Brad Grumberg, on your birthday. I mean, I, I think I've talked about this before. Uh, the most embarrassing moment for me was in fifth grade. Um, in fifth grade, I, uh, I. I always, you know, it, it, it goes back to Mike Nathan, the Nader, you know, talking about when and how you make your poo-poos before you leave the house. Well, I thought I was like, oh, by the way, thank you for bringing back the uh, the turtleneck. I really appreciate that. Look, is that a turtleneck you're wearing? Looks good. Oh, my God. Fuck. Hair looks, looks good. Great. 1970. I, think I have a picture of me in 1972 uh, in my second grade class. I wore the turtleneck. All well, right, I got, I got a better one for you. Don Rickles called. He wants his turtleneck back, and he's dead. <laughs> so um, I'm in Mr. Carlin, Marty Carlin's class, fifth, and then we have lunch. And at, well, first we had we had nutrition, and I had a cup. I had like a, a coffee cake. You know, you go through the line in the cafeteria, see the lunch lady, and it was good. Oh, it was great. I had that with the milk. It was delicious, right? So then I go back. Uh, and I play, you know, play some basketball, and then we go back to class. Then it's lunchtime. Well, lunch, I saw that cheese pizza, you know, oh, you know, the one, the square one, and they slice it up. <laughs> I saw one of those, and I go, Jesus, I got to have a fucking slice of that. So I eat the slice, and I'm hanging out with my buddies, you know, by the, by the lunch benches, and all of a sudden, I hear the gurgle of my stomach. I go, oh, boy. Ooh, now, I had a big problem about using the, the facilities at school because when I was younger at Roscommon Road Elementary, kids would come in and if they saw a door closed where the toilet was, not not the urinals, but the, you know, you close the door and you take a, you take a, a, a steamy one. They would <laughs> bang on the door. They would bang on the door and they go, who's in there? Who's in there? And I go, leave me alone. Grunberg, is that you, Grunny? Oh, we're gonna fuck with you! And they throw spit wads over over the door, and it would hit me, and I couldn't even wipe my ass. It was terrible. So I went through that. But then this episode, you know, I was in fifth grade, and I let it out right there by the lunch benches, right into my trousers, into my jockey shorts, my fruit of the looms. There was a big mound of poo poo. It, it's I'm telling this the truth, okay. I know you can take off your glasses for this. I had to go back to class. So what I did was I took my sweatshirt off and I tied it around my waist as kind of like a sponge, you know, to sponge it. So maybe it wouldn't leak down my pants and leak out of my ass. And, you know, so I go back to class and we're supposed to have a quiz. It's Friday. And all of a sudden, Marty Carlin, the teacher, greatest guy in the world, he goes, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is that smell? He goes, Grunberg, open the doors. I go, so I, and we were in a, we weren't in a building. We were in, like, you know, one of those um, bungalows. We were in a bungalow. And he goes, Jesus. Woo. And people are like, oh, they're coughing. They, they, they can't take the smell. It's a deadly smell. 
And then he says, I know what this is. And all of, I'm sweating. I got the I got the Steve Kerr flop sweat on. I go, he thought he was gonna point me out and say, You shit in your pants, Grunberg. Go go to the bathroom, clean up, get the but he didn't. He said, I know what that smell is. It's the Santa Ana winds bringing in the smell from the garbage dump that was about four or five miles away. I said, oh, my God. And the only guy that I told was Mark Timchuk, my buddy, that I shit in my pants. And he goes, oh, my God. He, and he was great. He, told, he told nobody. So I, I got on the bus. I went all the way back to the bus. I opened the windows. I sat there with this caked on fucking shit on my ass. And then I got it. I, I, I got home. I ran inside right to the bathroom, took off all my clothes, jumped in the shower and tried, tried to peel it off my uh, uh, my tush, you know, but it was you're, you, you're an idiot. Why? Why did you sit there? The, just the ju I'm, I'm doing the visual or the feeling of the fecal matter that's loose in your underwear. And you, you, you know what I would have done? So I'm so vain. The minute I did that, I'm out. Mm -hmm. I'm out of school. I'm going home. You oh, know? you're walking home? Okay. No, yeah, I'm not going back to the class. Are you kidding me? You, you never, you know, nowadays, which you never live it down. It'd be on TikTok, you know, uh, oh, my God, look at Granny did this. You know, that, it was, someone would have videoed Mr. Carlin saying, Jesus Christ, what's in your pants, you know? No. I mean, yeah. look, it's a great story. I'm glad you took six minutes of our podcast <laughs> to talk about it. My, my, uh, my most embarrassing moment happened here where I work. Oh really? Oh, Ever okay. at Stuck's Tavern? Yeah, it's 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 a it's a you know it's another scatological type situation. I just started there uh, December late December of nineteen, and oh by the way, before you go on, I think we have to uh, pass out thesauruses to all of our listeners. Some of these words are way over my head. Just to let you know. Okay, go ahead. You're very well yeah, spoken. Well, I I have a a, a plethora yeah, of you have verbiage. A, you have a, yeah, yeah. You're you're, you're you know you 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 are talking about stuck. You need therapy over taking a shit in your pants in fifth grade. That's ridiculous. Here's one that's worse than yours because you're in fifth grade. You get a mulligan. You're a kid. This yeah. happened to me four years ago. It's okay. December. I'm working. I get a girl. I get a I, now. This would be indiscreet to tell the two girls. I had two girls I had a crush on high school. Obviously, come to Vegas, and they said, "Fish, where are you?" I'm at a place called Shuck's Tavern, North Durango. He says, well, are you working? I said, yeah, but I worked at Graveyard Shift, so I worked 12 to 8. Well, we'll come in for breakfast, right? I'm excited. I had a, I don't want to mention her names. I had a huge crush on these girls, okay? Cheryl and Diana. Anyway. <laughs> I love that. I love that bit. It always works. For it's me. true. And they get there, you know, and I'm looking, you know, I just, I hope I look good. Because I haven't seen these girls. They didn't come to reunions. I went to one reunion. They didn't come. Make a long story short. By the way, are they it, hot? Are they still hot? Yeah, they still look great. They still look great. They sit, like, I give them a hug and sit at the bar. I get off. I'm off. I have a Bailey's and coffee, and they're sitting there, and uh, we're just talking. We're sitting at the bar. Now, I'm the, where I'm sitting at the bar is literally 10 feet away from the bathroom, right? And we're talking, having a conversation, and it's great, and we're, we're just catching up over the last 30-some-odd years and on our lives and this and that and our families. Make a long story short again, I have to go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom, you know, and I'm, again, I think I'm the hottest guy on the planet sometimes, but this humbles you. All the time. I look in the mirror, and I got one of those fluttering boogers in my right nostril. It's going in and out when you breathe, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm, yeah. so your ego tells you that that booger developed in your nose in the 10 feet it took for you to leave that bar to get to the bathroom. But you know goddamn well it was there. So I'm so embarrassed how to get out. I'm talking to these girls and they didn't have enough class. These two idiots, Cheryl and Diana, to say, hey, fish, you know what? Like do this, something like that. I would, if that's you, if you and I later on today or a day or something like that, and I, I would say to you, Brad, you know, make a long story short again, give me six minutes. I get back. The first thing I say to him, I said, you know why I never went out with you two or asked you out in high school? You know, you liked me. What? And they said, what are you, where are you going with this? Well, what, where's this coming from? I go, because you're not honest. I had the hugest booger in my nose. You couldn't tell me? And you know, you know what Cheryl said to me? You always thought you were hot shit. You deserved it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love embarrassing. it. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Wait, but you, know, you removed the booger. booger in your nose, yeah, but they have the ones that flutter in and out. When you breathe in and out, it comes in and out. It's like yeah. a, I don't know, it's like a, a, a it's like this. Yeah. Did you remove the booger when you went to the bathroom? Yes. Oh, no. 
of course. I don't know with you. Okay. Yeah. Right. So embarrassing that's moments, embarrassing. man. Hot but that girl. you know, that's that's life. Y'all have them. We're willing on fat fish to talk about them. I gotta ask you something, buddy. Wait, but, wait, we're we're still on. Wait, before you go on, you have to understand something. The people that don't have this have glam squats. Like I just watched Beverly Hills Housewives. These women are so fucking ridiculous. People can't eat, and they're they're bringing glam squads into oh. Vegas. For I mean, I, it's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely fucking disgusting. I don't understand it. My glam squad is I get a uh, in and out burger. <laughs> I eat it, then I get one to go, and then if I have like a blemish, I yeah. just take some of the sauce and I put it on the pimple and I rub it in. Because the sauce is kind of like my skin color. Okay. Um, Fishgrunny1 at gmail.com. If you have any emails, any questions for Fisher Grunny, this guy's been in 120 shows. The strike will end soon. He'll get back on, on the big screen and TV screen. We're, we're, we'll, we'll talk about it. And I got, I got bombarded with this one, attacking me, saying, Fish, you admitted on your last show that you never watched Friends and you did a tribute to Matthew Perry. What's wrong with you? Wow. And I said, you know what? I never watched the show. I watched the show out there. I saw the movie, Pull Nine Yards, and I liked a couple of it. It just wasn't for me. And that's fine. It's a great show. Yeah. So I, I, I got the, I, I got an icon here, and I'm going to ask Brad a question. And everything I ask Brad, usually he's going to have to improv this. It's, it, it's, it's really, there's no script on this. Here's a show that's highly popular. This is Kevin Costner in the show called Yellowstone, which I don't watch. Okay, I'll just, I don't watch Yellowstone. I've watched a couple of the series that they have that are precursors to it, 1883 and 1923. I don't watch Yellowstone. Brad, is there a famous show on the top of your head that was just phenomenal as far as ratings and had a good run that you didn't watch? I'm going to tell you, uh, Breaking Bad. I've never go. seen one episode. And Brian Cranston is amazing. He's an amazing oh. person, but he's an incredible actor. That show, everybody says, you got to watch it. It's amazing. You know, this and that. And then when I was on, um, you know, I was on Sons of Anarchy, motorcycle guys, uh, you know, about a motorcycle troop is not my, you know, first priority when I'm looking to see what I want to watch. But I ended up being on the show and I had a memorable uh, experience and a memorable, a memorable episode. So I started watching that. But I wasn't watching at the beginning. But these shows are iconic. They're amazing. But it's but here's the thing: to each his own, right? Like you don't want to watch uh, you don't want to watch uh, Friends, but you'll watch um, uh, Bachelors in Paradise. Right? No, you know? no, no. But you have to understand: I'll watch Beverly Hills uh, Housewives. I'll watch Orange County Housewives. Why am I watching those? Why shouldn't I be watching? Breaking because Bad? you have you have a problem. You like you admitted in the last podcast. You have a problem <laughs> with packing. You have a problem with your package. You you have to come out. You have a you you haven't touched your feminine side. There's some of those housewives. Oh, you're saying that everybody who watches minute, Bravo is talk, gay? Are you I, wait a minute. Some of those housewives, the way they accessorize themselves with their with their with their right. pocketbooks and their clutch purses and their pumps, right. you wish you had that kind of attire. I know you. You know. <laughs> When we when he comes to Vegas, we got to go right to the fashion show mall because okay. he wants to shop with the Beverly Hills Housewives shop when they come to Vegas. You know Listen, why? I, because I like Brad always said, he wants to get clothes that fits that great ass. Listen, buddy. First of all, I watch these shows for the content. I I used to watch the Kardashians. What content? I like reality. I like reality. Okay. I have a show that I'm trying to uh, sell, but no. I love everybody. Love is love, but I just I love Andy Cohen. I love these women, but you know that's you know that reality is scripted. Do you know that for a fact? Absolutely. I can tell you that. Okay. They don't just turn on the cameras and let's go to Vegas. So, I mean, there's always a villain of these girls. You know, there's always a villain and a villain is always the most popular. Look at Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. Sandoval, okay? He cheated, stepped out, and cheated with uh, uh, one of the ex-girlfriends in the friend group, and and then he ended up, you know, the last thing they brought the, you know, on, on the reunion show, they brought the girl back, and they said, "You have one more thing to tell you, tell us, right?" And she goes, "Yeah, we fucked in uh, uh, Adriana and uh, Sandoval's bed." 
that's like the that's like the the ultimate sin in life. You're, you know? you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're one of those soap opera divas. I, I don't get no, it. No, I, no. Hey, by the way, first time I watch every episode, it's like a train wreck, a car wreck. You know, like people that drive by really slow. My dad always taught me to drive by fast. You don't want to see anybody else's misery. But when it comes to TV shows like that, you drive by real slow and you see these people. But right. what do you watch? What is your? I, I I watched every episode of Breaking Bad when it came out. Okay. When we were sidelined because of COVID in my business, I watched. I binge watched it again. I watched Better Call Saul, which is a tremendous mm. prequel to that. I That's like those type of shows, Mad yeah. Men. I I, I I like a lot of shows. I I just whatever. I got bombarded. It's Lisa Baber goes. I can't. And she's emailing me every day. I can't believe you didn't watch Friends. You know what I'm gonna do. I, I will do something. I'll do a homework assignment. Friends is on Netflix. I'll find it somewhere. I'll start watching it. And I hear it's a terrific show. I'll get into it. I'll tell you a show that I've binge watched a thousand times that I think is fantastic. Phenomenal. You're in it, buddy. Curvy Enthusiasm is my kind of show. Yeah, and the fact, tell, before you say, you, you brought up something real quick. I got you two questions. Then I got to show you a picture of Nick Nolte. All right. Oh, okay. You said that reality shows are scripted. And then I want to, I want you to tell the audience what Curb Your Enthusiasm is like, how he does his shows, which isn't scripted. Um, a good buddy of mine named Dave Brown, rest in peace, you know him very well. And guy's birthdays today was on a show called um oh show Chuck Woolery. What was it called? I'm love connection. Mind. Love connection. What? Love connection. Was it was that scripted? Because Dave told me that he, I'm not gonna give away anything. Oh, he oh, said oh. they told me to say something different to producers than what I wanted to say. Is that true? Oh, Dave said that when he went on. When he was on. What about oh, you? Oh yeah. oh yeah. What they do is they okay, you go on the date, okay? Right. They interview the girl, in my case, Vicky Lambert, and then they interview me. And if there's a conflict, Chuck will ask that same question. So we get in a fight. You understand? After the interview, they size it up. They go, oh, these two were in love from uh, from hello. But these two were at odds from hello. So they go back to the interview and say, you said this and blah, blah, blah. And I go, yeah, yeah. But I knew I this girl was trying to really embarrass me on national TV. So I had to turn the tables on her. And I did. You know, I, I had two dates I was going to take her on, A and B. A was a nice dinner, maybe a movie, we'll go listen to some music. I get in the car. I give her flowers. Her mom loves me. And all of a sudden, she's looking out the window. I go, Vicky, I'm over here. So, Vicky, tell me about your life. Tell me about that. Would not answer me. Radio silence. I'm like, this is fucked up. I go, you know what? You know what we're, we're doing? We're going downtown to the bus station, and we're going to watch the Cosby show and have ice cream sandwiches. We did. I parked right on Skid Row there, and we did it. And then she was freaked out even more. I go, here's an ice cream sandwich. Let's finish watching the Cosby show. If I knew what Bill Cosby did, I wouldn't be watching that show. I would have been watching uh, BJ and the Bear. I heard I heard something different. Before I talk about Larry David, I heard that her name was Vicky, right? How apropos for that. Yeah. I heard that somehow she got a hold of Mr. Carlin, and he told her, don't go out with this guy. He may shit his pants when he sees him naked. <laughs> You know, and he's instead of taking care of it and jumping in, he'll run. He'll make he'll make it. He'll make you sit there the rest of your day while he sits in his fecal matter. I'm I'm so embarrassed to to be with you, right? Your birthday, and you tell stories like that. Can I finish my story? Talk about the unique. I want to finish my story of the love connection. So I went to Plan B, and went Plan B was just to fuck with her all night. So I called my buddy. We went to this restaurant. Um, I started to choke on some food. We did this in high school and uh, she get, and then he comes over from another table and gives me the Heimlich maneuver and saves my life. And then they buy us dinner and champagne because I almost choked on my food. We did that. Then we went, then we went to Sinai temple. We crashed a wedding party. Um, I knew there was a wedding cause they, they have the signs outside, you know, Weiss wedding, whatever. So I, I told her, Oh, it's, I'm just going to go visit a friend. We crash a wedding party. We were having drinks at the bar. This lady comes up to me and goes, do you know anybody here? I go, is this, is this the, uh, what, what, oh, I go, is this the Ron Applebaum bar mitzvah? 
She goes, no, this is the wife's wedding. They threw us out. They threw our ass out. This is a true story. I just did this. I just fuck with her all night long because she was such a, uh, you know, she was not very nice to me. I mean, we went, I mean, everything that we did, she said, oh, I, I think she was, he was with another girl because that never happened, Chuck. And Chuck right. is like, couldn't believe it. Yeah. The right. question was not about your date. I have the question to was, did they help you script your date? We don't Here's care. Here, thing let I me understand. ask you something. Did you get laid from this date? That's all I care about. Tell me this question. I let you talk and answer the questions that you want to. Yeah, I'm do seven minutes. Wait, 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 wait. Let me finish, and then you ask me a question, and I want to answer it the way I want to. Okay. Is that a problem? No, that's not. A a, problem? It's your birthday, baby. It's your birthday. birthday. Do whatever you want. I want to. I want to tell stories. I want to tell true stories. And I want to tell my audience, well, you, you cut me off. Like, oh, well, let me ask you this other question. No. So the love connection was not scripted, but I scripted it because my friend James Commissar, he was is a comedy writer and he wrote me all this stuff with Chuck and the banter and all that stuff. So I was ready. I was ready for anything. And, and by the way, to be on the love connection, you had to be 23 years old. I was only 20. So when I went for the interview, I showed my fake ID and it worked. They just looked at me, they looked at my fake ID and they just like, okay. And I was because I was a senior in the, at the University of Arizona. So when I went back and they showed it was like prime time, I had a big party at uh, at, at the ZBT house at the University of Arizona, baby. I've had a great life, Ch uh, Fish. You want to know some yeah. more stories? No, yeah, sure. Why not? We have all day. <laughs> <laughs> so ask me something. This is, uh, this is Southwest Flight 372 from leaving from LAX to Las Vegas. Who uh, the fuck Mr. Bradley Southwest? Um, uh, I'll have to miss the flight. I'm telling stories about love connection and curb enthusiasm on a podcast that nobody watches. Oh, hi. I'm how are you? in the Beverly Hills Housewives. I don't take Southwest Airlines. You what do you? Oh, what? Uh, see, there you go. Okay, yeah. Harden. All right, pompous ass. It's your birthday. Yeah, hey, come baby. on. You take, what's wrong with Southwest? Yeah, Airlines? baby. I take a little something called JSX Airlines. Kind of like a private. You don't go to the. You don't go to LAX. You go like another place, and it's really private. And you just. It, it's like you just walk on the plane. And it takes off on time. It gets you there on time. Try JSX Airlines. Okay, yeah, yeah, maybe they could sponsor maybe. us. Before we get, to, I want to ask you this question. You can I got a question for you too. Well, I don't have that guy. I got, I got to here. Do you want to see a question from? You want to see something that excites me before you talk about how Larry David scripts the scenes? I think when you told me that, that's something that's very, very interesting. Yeah, I'll tell you. Sure. Check out this meme. <laughs> Evidence of global oh, warming for our listening audience. <laughs> on Podbean. It's 1900, you know, yeah. sort of like that lady, uh, what's her name? Recently took, she was, they, they basically wore long pants as far as underwear. 1940 is grandma underwear. Oh, 1980 my. looks like, well, Brad can never fit into that. 2000 <laughs> is a thong and yeah. 2020 looks like the longhorn. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, it does look like a longhorn. Amazing. That's Amazing. Funny. So you're, we're wearing less clothes, or trying to say, the evidence yeah. of global warming. Talk to me about Larry you, David. Not the audition uh, process. Talk about how Larry David uh, well, passed out all, a, a scene. First of all, next week, I have my audition tape. I will give it to you to show our audience, okay? Please. When I read for Larry David's show and read for Curb Your Enthusiasm, it's a... It's a premise. They give you a premise of the scene and you go. I mean, you got to be a great improv actor to work with Larry. And I thank God, by the grace of God, I have that gift. I mean, I was given the gift when I was a little kid. I was always improving. I was always making fun of my friends. I was always goofing on them, goofing on myself, making fun of myself. Don Rickles, back to him. He always told me, you make fun of yourself and then you can make fun of others. And I did. I chopped myself up. And also, I was made fun of being a fat kid. So I used my humor to deflect, you know, the pain of people making fun of me because I was a fat pig. You know what I'm saying? They call me all sorts of names. So so I use my humor many different ways when I was a kid. And now I'm using it. And uh, it's my career for 37 years. And I'll tell you, 
my audition was perfect. And I'm going to, I'm going to send it to you and I want you to play it next week. Is that cool? Okay. Um, I guess sent me a meme. And I that thought, was very wow, exciting. Because... It was a very exciting to, uh, moment in the show. And you just go, yeah, anyway. Well, I, I'd rather show the audition tape and then you could talk about it. We'll, we'll okay. make that a segment next week. And we got right, only about 10 minutes to go. And I want to bring up something because it's, it's, you, this is people in your industry. And I dealt with it. I had Gary Busey walk in the mom's saloon one time and the guy didn't have, he never had any money on him. He liked Spicoli in the scene, your favorite film, Fast Times, when he pulls, he's going into the 7-Eleven and yeah. he's pulling out, you know, pieces of his hair. He's got 32 cents. Yeah. And Gary Busey's voice, bitch, I'll tell you next week. Yeah, never, next week never came, Gary. And I love you to death. But look at this. I mean, this is a this is an actor who was so great in one of my favorite movies, Blue Chips, about college basketball. A takeoff on Rest in Peace, Bobby Knight. Look at Nick Nolte right now. Wow. Wow. 82 years old. Yeah. If I can read that right now, you send me that to the actor, Brad, who once deemed the sexiest man alive, is now all but unrecognizable. He turned 82 recently, and it's just, it's, it's, I, I've heard of, you know, look, I don't know what's going on with the guy, but you know, from Lethal Weapon, and I, I, I could do uh, a, plet- a plethora of 48 hours. How about a what? 48 hours? Ball, 48 hours. That's oh my, my favorite. God. That's one of my, him and Eddie Murphy? Come on. Great. The only one's got chemistry better than them in that movie is you and me. But that they were, they were, that was so great. He did a movie in 1987 called Weeds. Yeah, Weeds, not the TV show. No. And he's a he's a, a prisoner and he starts a theater, a Shakespearean theater in the prison. And they go on, um, you know, to different prisons and do Shakespearean plays. And you think that sounds boring. It is terrific. The drama uh, of his character is brilliant. What was the movie he did? Damn it. Prince of Tides. I just thought of it. Prince With, of Tides. Um, oh, Streisand. He ended up, he's just it, blue think- chips when he played the Bobby Knight character. A basketball with Shaq, phenomenal, and it's sad to see. Is he talk to me? You know, people in the industry. Oh, he's is, he's, is he mentally he's, ill or is he just living first, his well, life? Finish, uh, finish, you know, finish. going relax out of for a second. What? Relax for a second. He's eighty-two relax. years old, and he's had a t- a very hard life. Okay, I know this for a fact. He, you know, is an alcoholic. He admits it, and probably some drugs in there somewhere, and it takes its toll on you. You know that. Yeah. Partying has to stop. I have somebody that I know from seventh grade. The guy still does mushrooms, quaaludes. He smokes pot every day. These guys are numbing. Oh, who's that? You? Oh, me? No. I never got, I've never smoked pot in my life. I swear to God. On my grandma's, on my nanny's grave, I have never smoked pot. You know why? Because you know, you want me to tell you why. why? You ask me why. You know why? I'm going to answer you. I'll give you the why because no one in the world needs munchies. You ask me a question, I answer the question. Okay. Okay. You said you know why? At the University of Arizona, a lot of my fraternity brothers were dealing uh, coke, quailu, all sorts of drugs. They were the drug house. And one of the guys who he was kind of an asshole, but he was one of my brothers from Texas. He started working for the cartel because we were so close to Mexico. Yes, he the uh, drug and uh, you know the ATF, the uh, drug enforcement. They they busted him. He did fifteen years in federal prison. Wow. Let me put it this way: I don't think he graduated. Okay, very sad. So I see all these guys ruin their lives with drugs and pot. Pot's legal now. The government's in the business. So they should let everybody out of jail who, you know, dealt kilos of uh, of pot all over the world. But again, here, drugs are a dead end. And I'm just telling you, Nick Nolte, back to your question, he's the result of partying hard in his life. And he's 82 and he looks like a homeless man, right? It's Well, and it's right like because he's, he's, again, he's entertained throughout oh. his entire life and you want to see these people go anyone you want anyone look, look you just you just did a mitzvah for the 106 year old lady bringing her cookies and all the stories she could give you you know it's funny if you continue that relationship with that woman you're going to hear stories that you would never believe and that's what it's all about he right. needs to go out better but we can't you know we can't we can't carve other people's paths i'll tell you why I, I look i have a booger i have a booger i have a booger okay i'm sorry 
Yeah, yeah. I, I would tell you if you did. Don't, <laughs> don't go around Cheryl and Diana. <laughs> they won't tell you. Um, I'll tell you why you don't need marijuana because the biggest side effect of marijuana is getting the munchies, and you don't need the munchies, buddy. I don't need you know, the munchies. <laughs> you, you have a good appetite as it is. I mean, look at the You're deli wall in back here. <laughs> you know what's getting? You know, you were never the funniest guy, but I have. I think that it's my my brilliance as a comedian is rubbing off on you because the last couple of shows you're fucking hilarious. You're quick. You're on I'm a funny point. guy. I'm a, you know what it is about me? Wait, 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 wait. No, I'm just wait, telling. Wait, 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 wait. What's so funny about me? No, I'm saying you're funny. No, wait, 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 no. You said I was funny. What am I? Some kind of fucking clown? What am I here to amuse you? Yes. Okay. Let's hey, Joe come Petchy out. from. Let's thank you, real. Joe Petchy from yeah. Goodfellas. I'm not a good actor. If but, you put hey, thank you. And you know what's funny about you, red nose on quickness. You're quick. The, the make makes people funny is being quick, having quick witted. Quick witted people are the best. We, I just mentioned Dave Brown, man. That was the quickest witted guy I've oh, ever been man. around in my life. And I've been in this business so long. You meet people. I mean, the, the guy was just insane. Tell you know? our audience about Dave Brown. You work with him. Dave, at, Dave Brown was on our podcast, podcast number three or four, and yeah. um, it, it, it's the saddest thing on the planet. One of my dear friends. Who acted in uh, Johnny Cocktail's entertainment called um, the Johnny Cocktail Hour back in '92? Great doorman, great friend. He was a bouncer at Mom's, at Mom's Saloon. At Mom's. And one of the greatest stories that he and, and just how quick witted is yeah. he's getting heckled, he's getting bullied by a couple of guys, and a guy cold cocks him, and Dave turns around and decks him. You, you know, UCLA kid had a cardigan sweater on. The kid yes. just wiped himself off and goes, "You know, man." I was just I was just playing with you, man. He goes, I didn't want to get in the I never been in a fight before. Dave looks at him and goes, Well, now you're 0 and 1. And I, lost <laughs> it. I lost it. And he said, Do you want go back to one of our first? I think it's after yeah. Tony Orlando. I did his yeah. pod, Batfish number three. Dave Brown is on. He died a week later after he did the podcast. Dave, Dave, we miss you every day. Dave is a character. He loved being on our show. I mean, he sent me a text that was unbelievable. You guys. You gave me one of the greatest days of my life so I could tell my stories about my life. It was just, and it was so cool. His brother was walking in the background the whole time. It was like he was being robbed. Remember the, remember his brother or his friend, his roommate? He had a roommate. I'm sorry, it wasn't his brother, but it was his roommate was walking in back of him. And I missed that joke. I go, uh, Dave, there's a guy stealing your your all your uh, all your all Twinkies. You better be careful. There's a guy. But no, you know, like Dave was so special. He, he he was so great in your if, if you can get a if you no, but if, if we can get if, if you can get we can do show segments of the Johnny Cocktail Hour which you did in 1992 starring Sam Perkins you Dave Brown and different different little skits you did getting into a celebrity's life I like to show it on Fatfish because Dave was so great in, in this thing the two of you together should have uh, done something but that's for the afterlife. Um, yeah. We talked about Nick Pasquale last week. As we get out of here, I want you to talk about Molly Klein. Make it quick. Andrew Klein, a friend of the show, a good friend of you. You yeah. talked about you know people throwing shit at you in fifth grade when you're in a, in a stall yeah. making fun of you. Bullying has to stop. This is yes. Molly's challenge. Go. Molly was a 13-year-old girl, lived in Texas with her wonderful family, Stacy, her mother, her father, uh, Andrew, and her brother, Matt. Beautiful girl, 13, stunning. But these bully, mean girls would bully her constantly. At school, called her gay, called her a trans, called her all this stuff, which she wasn't. But if she was, she was. She got, now what happens with bullying, it usually stops. Like when we went to school, it stops at school. But now it continues on the phone, on this, on, this, on the cell phone. It continues all day and all night. And she couldn't take it. Her parents never knew. And uh, she took her own life in her room. And it's so sad because this girl had so much to live for. And we have a, and, and they created a Molly's Challenge. And Molly's Challenge is this. I'll leave you with this. Ten people you meet in a day, say something nice to each one of them. Just something nice. And that's how you honor Molly's memory. Molly, we love you. We'll never forget you. And we're going to keep this going on our show to let everybody know bullying must stop yesterday. Okay? We love you, Molly. Fish, 
35 in the books on my birthday, baby. See you soon, man. I cannot wait. Do not I'm miss your out. flight. Brad? Uh, yes. We got. I mean, let me talk. I, I, I cut you off all the time because you know what? I'm an idiot. Yeah. But I love you. I'm going to say one thing in the next 18 seconds for Dave Linden takes us out. Do not stop because there's a deal at the airport at the subway. Make your fucking flight. You've okay. been listening to the Fat Fish Podcast, heard on all your favorite platforms. Until next time. Right, Manny, Manny, 